You are listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White, and today's episode is called Removing Motivation Blocks. Let's face it, even the best of us can lose our motivation. We can fall into a funk. And I want to walk you through five simple ways to get your motivation back in under 10 minutes. Yes, under 10 minutes. Stay with me. Now, let's first say that it's all well and good to think about creating motivation. And if you listened to my previous episode, then on motivation, you will know that there are ways to get into that headspace and to feel really good. That was episode number 54, by the way. And it's fantastic to say, well, just do it and to have a plan and take action. And that's how you get your motivation. Wonderful, right? But Let's face it, let's be realistic. At some point, we get blindsided by the facts of life. There are so many things that happen all around us on a day-to-day basis that disrupt our thoughts, our intentions and our mood. So you need to be able to pull yourself back and get back on track quickly and easily. You've got things to do, places to go, people to see, a job, a business, You need to show up. You need to be able to remove the unexpected motivation blocks that come up in life and to just keep going. And that's what this episode is all about. I want to teach you how to trick your brain into getting motivated again. Because no matter what your intentions, no matter how well-planned and disciplined you are, sometimes you're going to hit a slump. And as I mentioned, it's usually due to external forces or situations. But... The common thread of any block is your own thinking patterns. That's what trips you up. It's what you tell yourself about the situations around you that causes you to trip up. And so let's talk about thought-based obstacles, just so that we're really clear on what these motivation blocks look like. I want to give you a couple of examples. The first one is maybe there's an event coming up that you've created a block in your mind around. As in, you can't move forward until that thing happens. Has this happened to you? I've heard it with plenty of my clients. I remember a business strategy session that I did once. This person purchased a session from me so that they could plan out their business. And it ended up that they were not ready to take any action and they even found it difficult to plan because... This person was in a job and they felt that it would be morally wrong to do any planning at all or even any market research into their idea until they'd spoken to their current employer about what they intended to do. I kind of wondered why they booked the session, actually. Um, For them, talking to their employer was a scary conversation that, that they were afraid of having and it ended up being more of a personal coaching session than anything around feelings around being scared. So we could achieve a little bit of plotting for later action steps, but really that was it because there was this block, this conversation that had to be had and that was the block that needed to be removed before the person could find the motivation to take action. And I've heard lots of versions around this for weight loss too. There's always a holiday coming up or the wedding coming up or the job change coming up or something that prevents somebody from starting now, from just doing it. I call these things justifications, as in, I just need to have this conversation with someone. I just need to get the holiday out of the way. I just need to get through the wedding. 
I just need to get ready. I'm not ready yet. (laughs) The word just becomes an excuse for not taking action. And that's where our motivation can go trickling down the drain again. If you listen to episode 54, you'll hear I mentioned it like a slow leaking bath where you're suddenly sitting there cold and frigid. Motivation can disappear quickly or slowly. It can sneak away. And so knowing that your brain can do this to you, that it can bring in these justifications where you can talk yourself out of doing something so easily, let's now talk about getting back on the horse. If we slow down for a moment, we can see what the reality is. And the reality is that life is full of obstacles. Life is full of circumstances outside of your control. But despite those circumstances, you can physically still take action. If you think about it, the act of taking action, now stay with me here, the act of taking action does not require you to feel ready, to have a clear run, to get rid of clutter, to be in the right headspace, although those things help, but they're actually just mental constructs. In essence, there is nothing physical stopping you from taking continuous and deliberate action, which of course is the secret source for creating motivation. If you listen to my other episodes, you'll know that motivation comes after you take action. So even though you don't feel like going out and exercising, technically there's nothing to stop you doing it. You could, your body's working, right? You could go outside and do the exercise. Or maybe your mind is telling you you're not ready to start talking to potential clients about your business or you're not feeling ready to start eating healthy meals. But there's nothing actually getting in the way other than your brain of you preparing salads or going out and having conversations. The physical action is not the problem. It's what's in your head. So then the question becomes, how do you get out of your head and into action? How do you remove the motivation blocks that come up in all shapes and forms created by your mind? I want to talk to you about five useful tools that you can use to switch your brain into a different state in under 10 minutes. Five tools for creating motivation, even if you have lost it. These are all really powerful. And depending on who you are and how you operate, whether you're more of a physical person or a more cognitive person, more of a thinker than a doer, one of these is going to work for you. The first tool, tool number one, is from Amy Cuddy, a researcher who's talked a lot about power poses. And this one is great if you're feeling a bit fearful or perhaps lacking confidence in yourself. You've got to go and speak in front of people or meet new people or you're a bit nervous about something. You're feeling a bit weak or fragile. And it works on the principle that your physiology, that is your body and its systems, is directly linked to your emotional state. The fact is that they are interconnected. Our bodies change our minds. So the most powerful way to change your state using your physical body is to adopt a power pose, according to Amy Cuddy, for two minutes. Why two minutes? Seems kind of an odd amount of time, doesn't it? Well, actually, the research from the Association of Psychological Science shows that power poses change your hormones and therefore your state in just two minutes. Your testosterone levels go up, And your cortisol levels, your stress hormones, go down. 
So it's really that simple. Moving your body into these power poses changes your brain. And powerful postures include having your legs slightly apart with your feet facing forward, hands not to the side, your feet are directly forward, hands on your hips, or arms are up and out like Superman, standing up straight. If you're doing that sort of a pose for two minutes, it's going to change your physiology and it's going to change your motivation. It's going to potentially get you out of that funk. And I like the idea of being really proactive with power poses and doing them even if you're not feeling demotivated. And I think that a yoga class could provide an opportunity to create a practice around power poses because there are lots of things in yoga classes that might be these sorts of things, warrior poses and so on. So that's tool number one from Amy Cuddy, power poses. Tool number two is from Tony Robbins, creating your state. And he talks a lot about using power poses. He talks about the work of Amy Cuddy, but also about different techniques that you can use. And he has a daily ritual and recommends that you have one too in the morning. It's something that you can perform to build resilience and motivation or as a mental tool that you can get into the right mindset for taking actions. So if you're feeling demotivated and in a slump, you can do one of these things. You can practice a short mindfulness meditation for 10 minutes. You can talk to yourself with positive language about the positive outcomes you want and visualize them and all those sorts of things as part of that. They're all tools that you can use to create a more positive and can-do state of mind. There are so many ways you can do this creating your state thought work. If you know your tendency from the Gretchen Rubin quiz, then certain rituals and thought processes might work better for you than for others. For example, if you're a questioner, you might do better to bring curiosity to your motivation funk and to query it from that perspective while you're practicing this mindful state and visualizing and thinking about what you want. If you're an obliger and you need to get out of your motivation funk, it might help you to meditate and think about how you could help others or how taking action might benefit others. Those two things might really help obligers to get into a state of wanting to take action. If you're an upholder, you could get out of your motivation funk by talking to yourself about rewriting and tackling your to-do list, to visualize yourself doing that, to sit quietly and focus on that and walk through the steps of that. Now, if you're a rebel like me, you might feel justified in your lack of motivation. It can be a lot harder for a rebel to break free of motivation funks. But what might work really well is to ask yourself, what's in this for me? What am I getting out of being unmotivated? And what would I rather have instead? Asking for a rebel to ask themselves that sort of question, it can create an instantaneous change. So there are some ideas about different things that you can sit and quietly focus on, meditate on and visualize to create a different state. Tool number three is from Mel Robbins. It's the five second rule. And no, this is not about dropping food on the floor. This one is great if you're feeling panicky or anxious, um, but also when you're stuck in a loop of procrastination. And that's really just fear in disguise. So anything that's fear-based or if you're really feeling stuck and reticent, 
this is a fantastic tool. And on her blog, Mel describes the five-second rule as something that she developed to get herself to take action when she didn't want to. She was so busy feeling sorry for herself that something that was so simple became so difficult. She was really getting in her own way and she developed this five-second rule, which is simply this. If you have an impulse to act on a goal, then you must physically move within five seconds or your brain is going to kill the idea. There's a lot of neuroscience behind this that she goes into great depth about. But basically, if you feel yourself hesitate before you're doing something that you know you should be doing, count five, four, three, two, one, go, and then just move toward action. Don't think, count and go. And if anybody listening here has been involved in or experienced the process of EFT, emotional freedom technique, you might recognize the counting there as something that gets you back into your logic brain and out of your emotional brain. It's a really powerful tool. So tool number three was Mel Robbins' five-second rule. Tool number four is specific planning and rehearsal. Now, you might have heard me previously talking about making specific plans to get motivated, to be more productive and so on. But if you make a specific plan about the thing that you're putting off, that in itself is motivating. We've kind of talked about that before, but it apart from feeling like you're doing something, you can add an extra layer to this. Let's say that you make a plan of something that you're going to do to overcome something that you're putting off, like going to the gym, and you've said, okay, I'm going to go Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5 p.m. And so that plan helps you to identify what you're going to do and when, some specificities and even might uncover any obstacles along the way, like how am I going to get there on Wednesday? I've got to pick the kids up. So you can problem solve and get unstuck around the obstacles. But even better is rehearsing those steps in your mind. So you write your plan, let's say, going to the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then you mentally walk through the thing that you're demotivated about. So in this case, if you were planning on going to the gym, you would visualize yourself getting into your car with your gym clothes on, driving to the gym, getting out of the car, walking into the gym, picking up your locker key at the counter, putting your stuff in the locker and so on. You visualize all of those steps, mentally walk through it and if you can, attach a positive feeling to each step. What that does is that um, the mental rehearsal process plugs the steps that you need to do into your brain as clear instructions and it helps you to actually do the steps. And this is really powerful if you're trying to tackle something that you've never done before. Like let's say that you've got to go and stand up in front of a group of people and do a short speech or something like that. If you've never done that before, you might justifiably be a bit terrified. But if you go through the rehearsal, the mental rehearsal of calmly walking up, taking a deep breath, speaking with conviction, feeling really confident about what you're talking about, rehearsing that in your mind means that when you actually go to do that thing, your brain has received that instruction already on how to act and it's more likely to pan out that way. You're instructing your body on what to do. We are what we think and what we think creates our actions. So that's a really important one. Tool number four is the specific planning and the, the process of rehearsing the steps that can get you motivated. And I think the last tool, which kind of 
should be woven into the others but is a, a general tool on its own is the use of positive language. So to build on the previous concepts but to create this standalone tool, the words that you use when you think to yourself or talk to yourself can make things worse or better or easier or harder. Have a listen to these examples and notice how you feel when you hear each pair of statements, the first and then the second. Notice the difference in the emotion that you feel, in the thought process, in how it how it engages you. Here's the first two statements. The first one is, I guess I'll try, I'll try to do that. And then the other version of that is, I'm going to give that a good go. You hear how the second one is stronger and more positive than I'll try. Try kind of lacks commitment. And similarly, I'm going to do my best is way more intentional than, oh, I'm not expecting much. I'll see. I'll do whatever it takes is more powerful than I'll see how I'm going in a week or two. I'm going to do this is more intentional and committed than I hope I can do this. And I'll eat fresh salads with every meal is more empowering and positive than I'll restrict carbs and cut calories. Can you see the difference in those statements? Notice that the stronger language is more motivating when you hear that you feel like taking action. You go, okay, now I know what to do or now I know how I want to feel. And you want to move toward that. So right, it's time for you to get motivated. Let's just summarise what we've covered today. There are circumstances out there that are outside of your control. But what your brain does is binds you up with obstacles that can sap your motivation. doesn't matter how organised or planned you are or how dedicated you are, we all get into funks sometimes. And if you want to get back on the horse, there are five tools you can use. Tool number one is the power pose, the two-minute standing tall and firm with outstretched arms and legs is the simplest way to say it. Tool number two is to sit and visualise and meditate something positive that you want or to query or question how you could turn things around. Tool number three is quicker. It's the five-second rule from Mel Robbins, five, four, three, two, one, go and move into positive action. Tool number four is making your plan and then rehearsing it in your mind, walking through each step that you're going to do before you do it. And tool number five is using positive language and being really clear and intentional and firm about what you will do rather than what you can't. Okay, now that's it from me. There's plenty of stuff for you to get on with now and to help yourself to maintain motivation but also to create motivation in under 10 minutes. I invite you to try each of these tools in the coming week or two weeks or whatever it is that you need and see which works best for you and then develop a practice around it so that you can be proactive instead of reactive. That's it from me today. Thanks for tuning in and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. And if you need help with motivation or your thoughts, go and visit melaniejwhite.com forward slash habitology. I have a monthly membership where we study this stuff and learn how to rewire our brains so that we can feel good more often. Okay, I'll see you soon. Bye for now.